Hello, everyone, and welcome to Debate Night. I'm Hunter, joined as always by Brody and Silas. We got Brody in studio. I'm never leaving. Again this week. <laughs> he's, he's, by the time you're listening to this, he's gone. He's peaced out. Uh, we got quite a bit to talk about. You actually tweeted some stuff. Yeah, I think, some, I'm, I think we're going to start. I'm going to try to keep doing that just to have people blast in. And just in case, normally we're on top of it with all the hot topics that are something. happening, but just in case we're missing something. We're definitely going to touch on the big money skins. We're definitely going to touch on Battle for Bedford happened last week. You got mm-hmm. the Halloween classic, that big C tier going the, on next week. That's the big one. Kelsey did uh, tell me, which I thought was a cool little fun fact, was I start my season at Las Vegas Challenge. I end my season at the Las Vegas Halloween Classic. Me and Trevor will be going out there this week. There'll be, t- uh, I think, a couple videos from that, so definitely stay a, uh, subscribe to the Foundation Disc Golf YouTube channel. Uh, we'll do a little course preview, and uh, that'll be fun. It's always a good time out there. The course is at Sunset Park. You never really know what to expect when you get out there, so it's always a fun tournament. And the weather is also chaotic this time, so you could. What is what it looking like right now? Have you looked? It looks pretty solid, but I mean, there's no you telling. Like, like windy it, it could be. It, oh, could, nice. it could just all of a sudden just be like tomorrow's gonna be 40 mile per hour winds. Heck yeah! So. They had to cancel. Um, Kelsey was thinking about going to a concert out there this weekend or this past weekend. And she told me that they had to cancel the first day because it was so windy that like a dust storm came up oh, and you geez. just couldn't see anything. So <laughs> the weather, the weather this time of year out there is really, really, uh, is it gonna be like cold, hot. What are you, what are you doing? It'll be with? cold in the morning. And because it is such a large tournament, there will be people, I believe, one person in our group has like a seven o'clock tea time. Oh, well, so, like Brody's cold. So yeah, yeah. You know. well, by the time I'm well, playing, like I'll be 50 fine. Degrees cold in the morning. Or are we talking like Ooh, 30? I think it might be colder than 50. Like I'll look 45. it up. I'll look it up real quick. Uh, this past weekend, we had the battle for Bedford that went down here in the Bedford, Virginia area. I was the assistant TD for that. Um, and it went great as far as like the tournament directing goes. Uh, don't really think we had too many big calls. The only calls I really had, um, oh, I had, okay, I had 48. Three, 48. Okay, it's chilly. It's not, oh, yeah, that's, it's that's not chilly. bad. It's not bad. That's not bad. That's I had still, three, you wear a t shirt. That's you know. doable. I had three calls that I had to make total. One, someone just came up and they landed in water that wasn't in the caddy book. It was casual water. Simple. Second one, someone asked when the OB ends, what like what happens when the o- painted line of the OB ends, and it just continues indefinitely in that direction. Mm-hmm. What was confusing, though, is they didn't actually look at the painted line. So like the painted line was going stake to stake at this course, okay. and the stakes curl off and go down this hill. And so like the OB line continues there. Okay. And this guy was past those stakes here, so he was still safe and bounced. His group was like, oh, the OB just straight up the left side. You're they, out of bounds. They missed that the OB Yeah, kept they missed going. the curve. So they called him OB. I heard about this like an hour after his round. They called him OB. His buddy's group, land, he land, his buddy landed in the same spot. He played it safe because okay. he was safe. <laughs> and so, they so the guy like, about talked to me, like, like, came to me and like asked me. And I told him, like, oh, no, like if it curves down, then you're, you were technically safe. Like you should have, like it's too late now. You but can't you, change you that, safe. Right? No. And he goes, oh, I'll go change my score. I was like, you can't. You didn't play a provisional. Uh, I was like, technically, like you could get stroked, but he wasn't in. He wasn't in contention. I wasn't going to go into like the yeah. You could scoring, get stroked. Score being mis- wrong. It was a misplay. It was a misplay. So you could have got two stroke penalty oh, addition. But that. the the card as a whole doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Really, it was a misplay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but he like he didn't fully tell me the whole story. He was just asking me like, "This is the scenario," and I was like, "You're not going to keep talking. <laughs> this is what like should have happened." 
and he was like, oh, so can I change my score? I'm like, no, you didn't play a provisional. You're not asking me to rule on a provisional. You're just asking me about the scenario. This is what should have happened. And then he like was about to keep talking. I just like nipped it in the bud. Cause like the more you tell me, the more I'm going to have to do. So it's gonna be mm-hmm. best if you just like, for your own sake, just leave it at this point. Because again, this wasn't the leader of the division. We'll put it that way. So it wasn't a, it wasn't that big of a deal when it was all said and done. And then the final one, this was a tough rules call. Cause I felt bad. It was hole one at Falling Creek. Okay. Mm-hmm. There's a tree at hole one on the right side. Mm-hmm. They were playing to the red baskets. One of the guys threw a backhand turnover straight into the tree. There's about, this is at Tournament Central. So there's a solid, people are warming up. You know, we're vending there. I'm there. There's a solid 10 to 15 people who watch it go into this tree. Definitely went in the tree. Definitely did not come out the backside. So they go off. He throws into the tree. His card walks up to the tree and starts looking. I start checking more people in because it was a little bit of an earlier tea time. So I'm checking people in for the later tea times. And then we were teeing off every 12 minutes. So at like five minutes before, I had like a brief players meeting on the first tee, go over the rules for the course. And then I set the, the tea time off. So I'm not paying attention, checking, checking, checking. So now it's time for the next player, next players meeting on the first tee. Mm-hmm. So I stand up and I call the next tea time. I turn around. They're still under this tree. So if you're good at math, it's been seven minutes. Gosh. So I turn around. I'm like, what's <laughs> so going on? That's a stroke, right? Well, not yet. Oh. As I turn around, I'm like, what is going on? So I'm thinking they see the disc and like trying they're trying to get it, to down? Get it down. Uh, okay. So I yelled down there. I'm like, hey, guys, leave the disc. We'll get it. We'll get it to you. And then the guy starts walking back to me. And I'm like, that's weird. So I like turn around. Like, I'm going to start talking to this group. Because I'm like, I don't know what he's doing. And he comes, he's like, well, Hunter, we need a ruling then if I need to leave the disc. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, we can't find it. I was like, well, your three minutes is well up. Yeah. He's like, but it's in the tree. So it's not a lost disc. I was like, well, do you see the disc? He's like, no. I was like, then I think it's a lost disc. <laughs> but he's like, but everyone knows it went in the tree. And I'm like, you're right. Everyone does know it went in the tree. But like, it's like, it's like if everyone knows the disc went into a pile of leaves. Right. Yeah. If you can't find the disc, you can't find the disc. It's not like it goes into a lake and the lake's OB and it's like, okay, we know it's OB. We it's know where it one. crossed. It's a tough one. It just went into a tree, which wasn't OB. There wasn't a stroke penalty. So you couldn't be like, we saw it go into this lake. We know it's in the lake. We don't have to find the disc to declare it OB Yeah. because you weren't declaring it OB. You needed to find where to play your lie. Yeah. So he had to declare a lost disc. That's I went and looked. Start the round. So he yeah. had to, he like double or triple bogeyed hole one. Uh, because of that. And then I went and looked like in between, I would send off a card. I'd have like seven minutes while they're like putting before the next card. I had to do my meeting. I went and looked like four or five times at least could not find it. No disc up there. And I was like, I like, we knew exactly where it went in. We looked, I had like other cards who like got a disc stuck up in the tree and they were getting their disc down. Like, Hey, if you happen to see another disc, it's a black disc. If you get it down, just let me know. No one found it goes on and on mp50 is the last card of the day there's like a 25 minute gap between because they were playing a different layout so between the end of ma3 and mp50 start there's like a 20 some minute gap this guy's rounds done he comes up to me and asks me he's like hey did anyone find it i was like dude <laughs> that disc is gone i was like i don't know what to tell you so the mp50 guys are like oh what what are we talking about i was like oh his disc is in that tree he was like one of the you know earlier morning tea times lost it in the tree and like no one's found it i've looked for it. everyone's looked for it so the MP50 guys go down with them. They spend like 10 minutes of their like remaining 20 some minutes looking for it. And one of them spots it. He found it. Wow. It was way higher than we thought somehow. And uh, he could barely see it. And so they spent like another five minutes and got it down for him. They so got, got it down? Yeah, he got the disc Crazy. back. He got the disc back. One of that tree sucks. But that was a brutal call because like 
it was a lost disc simply because like he couldn't find it to know where to play from, even though we all knew where the disc was. So yeah. you, okay, here's a question. You have to see it. Well, he had to know where to put it under the lie under. Cause like, what if, what if it's one of those trees that has like the, uh, like palm fronds? What? Have you seen those? The, um, uh, they're like palm trees essentially, but they, uh, the, we were talking about Vegas, <coughs> excuse me. We were talking about Vegas and they have a lot of trees like this. And like, as the palm fronds mature, they like, they, you know, come oh, down and it like and wedges butt. into there. But or like something? they can like, be, yeah, they can kind of wedge in there to where like it's blocked. So you can't see it, but you know, it's like, it's right there. Climb up that thing, man. You have to have like an eyeball on it. Yeah. Well, but it's, it's, I, it's, to me, it's the same thing. Like, cause he had to play directly below the disc. Yeah. What's to say his disc didn't come out of the tree and go down the fairway? Okay, let's throw another hypothetical. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, we all know it didn't, but you, can't, you have to find the disc to let's play throw from a the hypothetical. Disc. It's on right. top of a roof. You'll be able to see it. From far enough back, you could see it. What if it's a flat roof? What if it's a roof that has like like a wall? That should be there? OB. Okay. If it's Could OB you and get you a see drone. it. It, within the three minutes. You can't use video evidence. You can't oh, use... Oh, so, man. All right. But the thing is, like, if it goes onto a roof or, like, if that tree was, like, OB... About inside of, like, a trash can. But it's, like, on top of something. So you can't get... You can't <laughs> look into it. But you know... Everyone saw it went into the barrel. I don't know, it's man. on top of something. You, I, you have to get eyes on your disc to play. Because, like, there's so many questions. Because, like, what we started questioning was, is it actually in the tree? Yeah. They've been looking at it for yeah. seven minutes. Like, did it come out and no one saw it come out? Yeah. And so then it's like, because then it would have been a misplay if he played from there That's and then he so walks brutal. down and it's like, oh, there's my disc. That's so brutal because discs can get stuck in stuff so much easier than golf balls. Yeah, but like, it's the same thing, same exact thing of sliding under leaves. No, I You get, know where it slid yeah. under, but like, you got to yeah. know where to play but from. But in that scenario, you can, you know, if you have a gallery of 50 people, eventually someone is going to find it. Sure, but you have three minutes. If they sure. don't find it in three minutes, you got to retee. But like, if your disc is in a barrel... 20 feet up in the air. Why is there a barrel 20 feet I in the air? I don't know. I'm just saying, hypothetical, if it's a barrel 20 feet up in the air, it doesn't matter how many people you have. I mean, I guess you could like monkey climb on top of each other. I don't know, man. And get someone up there and be like, know. it's I in think, the barrel. I think I made the right call. I think no. I yeah, did. I think it's a did. call it's that brutal. made the most sense. It's brutal. Because yeah. he was asking me, I was just, like, well, but where would you mark under? Like, where would you play from? And he was like, the tree. I'm like, but the tree's massive. So like what part yeah, are you playing under? Say, yeah. Because like, we don't know, exactly we don't know where, where you were. Dang. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move you on. Just yeah. That's a brutal heart, rule. It's That's a brutal, a brutal rule. rule. That was the, I was the only rule that I like had to make a rules call on that. I was like, I feel like I'm making the right call, but it wouldn't surprise me if someone's like, no, Hunter, you idiot. This is what the call should have been on hole one too. It's on hole. What is how he started his round? Man. I mean, here's the thing. That tree is not in play. No, All right, I don't want to be well, that you guy. Throw the big I don't want to be that guy. That He's trying to throw but back it's, MA, it's MA three. You know? I know, but I'm just saying that tree's not in play. So well, it's, it's MA3. like he was trying to throw a backhand turnover and just grip locked it. Mm. I mean, there was there were several people. There were several people. I mean, I mean, me and Trevor were out there last year, and there was a solid like a third of the players in MA three would throw into that tree. He was also 40 mile an hour winds during that tournament. Okay. <laughs> like there was, that's a drastic difference. There was no wind out there to, yet during this weekend. All right. Let's not put this guy on blast. No, he, no. He had to take a double bogey on the first. He hole. played that's solid the rest of the tournament after that. That's oh, that's he good. did say there were seven or eight times that he was like, I really wish I had that black disc. I lost in the first hole here. That hurts. Yeah. Uh, that was the, that was the worst playing part reds. Yeah. I don't know, man. I hey, mean, hey. I mean, you should. 
Don't I mean, question me. You, I don't you know. You should have a handful of discs that do Let's the same thing. Let's just go on. How did your battle for Bedford go, Brody? It did not go good. All right. It was not good. Um, but I got to watch some good disc golf, so that was good. Nice. So it's always fun watching good disc golf. Unfortunately, it wasn't coming from myself. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see kind of what I end up doing this off season because right now, like obviously, my plan is to do the Halloween Classic in Vegas, and then um, I'll have the that's the same time as Lake Marshall, so I won't be doing that uh, silver event. But the Jacksonville event, I will be going to, um, and that will be my first, I guess, 2023, 2023 event. event, but it'll still be in 2022. And then as of right now, the plan is to not play anything until the Las Vegas Challenge. Um, we'll see maybe something comes up in the Texas, Dallas area that I'm like, Ooh, this would be fun. But playing this event, like obviously foundation has a little bit of a presence, I guess you could say at it. And we did a a couple things leading up to it. We, I did a clinic, we did a foundation team battle, which will be on the YouTube channel here coming up soon leading up to it. So that's all cool. This McDonald's apple pie is mm, mm, good. It's really, yeah, it's really delicious. <laughs> it's really just going down the throat very smoothly. I saw they have a cheese Danish now. <laughs> That's disgusting. This is not disgusting. That's, That's incredible. That's, I haven't tried it. It just sounds the, the one at Starbucks is good. I like fruit Danishes. I don't want cheese on my Danish. It's like but cream cheese, though. I this might, uh, cream cheese. I'll say this might be my last year playing in the Battle for Bedford. Uh, two reasons. First one, mainly because. It is, it is a, it's, it's way different because the Halloween classic to me is like more of a fun tournament, Yeah. right? Like I'm obviously I'm trying to win and it'll be awesome to go out and win, but I'm there. I'm going to be going out in the morning, catting for Kelsey. I'm going to be watching probably some of Trevor's rounds. I'm going to be watching some of my other buddies rounds. Like it's more of like a fun event, which I would say a lot. You wouldn't go play that event if you didn't have like 10 friends playing it. I would not go out to Vegas and play that event by myself. Yeah. Where I don't know why no one else in foundation didn't play. I was the only one. I don't. Val Bedford? Yeah. I was running it. I was running it. Silas? I couldn't play. Big game, man. Big football game. Connor? Why I wasn't playing it? Yeah. I was out of town. He was out of town. He was camping. I had family. Okay, so I mean, everyone's just got excuses, apparently. <laughs> I mean, I don't so, tell you, man. I was running it. I would have been right there in the. Okay. I'd have been in the trenches. You would have been the you. mix, man. You would have right. been the mix. What? This is so, on this. This was on the calendar back. I, I sanctioned this thing like January. So we'll see. We'll see what happens next year. But there's a huge, huge difference in uh, pro tour events and obviously like local events. And one of those big differences which is kind of funny because this was something I felt like we talked a lot about on debate night last year, not so much this year, is backups. Yeah. The backups in local events is... It's hard to get volunteers. And yeah, like spotters not having spotters... So not having spotters... Mm. Yeah, having spotters speed up pace of play. Was there no spotters? No. There was, there was one spotter... Not on New London? No. Last year we had a lot of volunteers. Not a a single spotter Uh, on New London. Wow. Yeah, that makes makes it hard. And also a month later, you have all the leaves on the ground. So that it wasn't like you were just walking up being like, oh, there's my green disc. Like, so understandably, there was a lot of backups, but like playing around that should probably take just over two hours 
and having it take three hours and 50 minutes because you're waiting five to 10 minutes on every T-pad, that's just like, oh man. Um, and then also I'm, I'm just not a huge fan of Goliath. Um, a lot of people probably don't even know what that course is. You guys played it once. There's a video. We'll have a video with you coming But there'll out be soon. a new video with us playing it where it's like actually with Done. T-pads and all that stuff. And you can take a look at it. My opinion, and you can you can give your opinion on the course. My opinion on the course is like as far as a course that is designed to reward good shots and punish bad shots, I don't think it does a great job. Um, and also there's tons of blind shots on the course. And then the really on, honestly, the biggest gripe is like you have New London. And like New London to me is one of my favorite courses. So going and only being able to play New London once and then going and playing Goliath once, like you just want to play New London twice. I would rather just play New London twice. And it looks like that's probably they're gonna continue to probably have Goliath maybe at the Bell for Bedford. So for that, I'm out. Makes sense. All right, well, let's talk through the uh, little slightly smaller event. It wasn't quite to the scale big of uh, oh, was, Bedford. No, I mean, but, it was a pretty big event. They had big in the name. Yeah. But yeah you can't well, say it's a small event that has big in the name. I mean, we could have we called our event the Big Battle for Bedford. <laughs> but, you know, bit, do uh, a lot better. What, what was it even called? Yeah. Big Money Skins something? Fire big Fest? Big Money Skins match. Was it big, big Fire Fest Skins match? That Here's sounds the thing. right. I hate rubbing it in when I'm right, but but we were right. We, just, we were right. So I, I talked about it on Grip Locked a little bit. Leading up to the event, the first thing that made me go, huh. We did we did like an hour and a half of research, like a digging into yes. like what's these websites? Why are there eight websites for this? Whenever why is there like eight different ways of gambling? Let's put it this way. There was we did we did our research. When there's a hundred thousand dollars on at an event, fifty thousand dollars going to the winner, you would think they'd spend more than ten bucks on a website. And the website design, I mean Here's the I, thing. I could have done a better website. You don't even need a website. Just don't even, just don't even have a website. Yeah. Or have one website instead of seven. That's probably the best play. But like, if you're not going to have a good website, just don't have a website. Yeah. And literally just Live run everything. Weird. Supportdiscgolf.com, I think why it was. Could, weird. Do they not want to spend money on Udisc? Is that why? It's like, do you have to pay money to, to have your event no. on Udisc? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, definitely. Semi, Yes. They could have just like, like shared the leagues, like leagues, like leagues do not. I just played a league and they were on Udisc. Leagues do not. So why couldn't they just go that route and just they make could've. it like a dark horse league? Well, but so their scoring can... was so weird because like they're keeping like they had the aggressive format or the skins that format. That is true. They, There's just also all this information just like not was really. No, you couldn't find it anywhere. That was the other thing that was made it fishy flag number two. Really tough to find information. Fishy flag, flag number three. Well, fishy flag number three. Uh, the pay per view was announced like what two weeks before the event. I think it might have been week of week of the event. Might have been week it of. It was like leading up, leading up. Yeah, you're thinking it's just going to be like another skins match that's been going on. I know it's like fifteen dollars pay per view. Yikes! That one's tough. Then Friday rolls around. Turns out Friday was never planned to be live broadcasted. Don't think that was announced. I saw a lot of people on Facebook like, "Why can't I watch today?" And they're like, "Oh, it's the seating match. You don't mm-hmm. watch the seating match." And it's like, "Well, I paid for fifteen dollars. I thought I was paying for three days of disc golf." And then obviously, when the live coverage did come on, mm-hmm. it was probably best there wasn't live coverage Friday. I would, I would love to have Trevor get on someone from GK to like. Like what the heck happened? Give, give well, I heard they hired depth. a company, yeah, and that, that company specialized in live sports production. 
I think this is their first time trying it. Yeah, I mean, it had to have been. Mason Productions or something. Well, the, that was another red flag. There's just a lot of questions. You Googled marks. Mason Productions. Yeah, what was You couldn't that? find anything tied to live sports production anywhere mm. on the lo- online. The only Mason Productions you could find was like a wedding videographer. Wow. Basically. It must have been just like a trial thing. And they were like, hey, we can do this. Made no sense. And they yeah, were, yeah, then no. they I mean, hired a commentator who didn't know anything about disc golf and didn't try to act like he knew anything about disc golf. To be fair, though, might he, have been better. he was the most, from the, the, the 30 seconds that I, I mean, I, I probably went on like five times and just watched 30 seconds just to kind of like, oh, get an idea of what's going on. Yeah. The comment section was having an absolute field day. And I think that actually, inter- I think the comment section probably inter- entertained people more. More oh, the comment section was fun. Than the actual, the, the actual coverage. Well, I felt I did feel bad for Big Germ and the commentator because I, th- I think what was happening was they were getting fed the live stream in front of uh, them. He's good seeing. And so they were having to randomly fill blocks of like twenty minutes of no oh. footage. Well, I also where don't it was just like, what do you do? You got to scramble because you don't have footage. They well, also and their didn't shot have the green screen. Well, there was also that no was scoring. There was no. I don't think they were having. No, they didn't have scoring graphics. They were having a really hard time knowing what was going, going on. on. So yeah, I mean, I think I think what this really showed at the end of the day is like putting on. And I, I talked about this, I think, a little... Did I talk about this? The Dove Awards? Did I talk about that last week? Yeah. No. Had I already gone you to talk, the Dove Awards? You talked about it. Had I already gone or was no. it going? Yeah, you had... You talked about wait. it on something. I feel like I talked about it on something, right? What did you talk about it on? The banter, Was maybe? it on banter, maybe? I don't know. But basically... you talked about it. Basically, he, I, a really... In the, grand, in the grand scheme of things of, like, award shows, yeah. I would say the Dove Awards is not, like, one of the biggest award shows. And you would be blown away with how many people were working on this show that wasn't even live in the sense of like, obviously they, they posted, you know, it came out live on Friday, but it was filmed on Tuesday. And so they had tons of time to do everything. I mean, there was, there was 40, 50 plus people like just working on the production side of things. So I think what this really showed is like, Again, I think I've said this before. I feel like I've broken record or maybe having some deja vu. Like what the Disc Golf Network is able to do with the manpower that they have and the and the budget that they have is very impressive. And I think what this brought us back to, this event, it brought us back to like what Disc Golf was Not several years ago. It might have been worse. It might have been worse. It was worse. You couldn't see it. <laughs> you couldn't see anything. I guess you'd they, much they rather see off, stuff on like a they potato. They were better off just live streaming from their phone yeah, on Instagram, Instagram or something. Well, I think that's what Thomas Gilbert was doing. Is that what he I was doing? I think that's how, like, I think Terry, at one point, Terry was posting in the comment section on the YouTube channel, on the YouTube stream, uh, updates from Thomas Gilbert's Instagram live <laughs> on like what's going on. So he'd be like, this oh, person has a putt to win this many skins. Oh, and gosh. But, I mean, the... The whole, the whole like actual like viewing side of things go like, I don't, I didn't need to sit there and watch hours of it to see. I saw tons of comments. It didn't go well. And obviously it didn't go the way they wanted to. Um, GK pro has come out and said that they are going to refund, uh, people that has live disc golf.net come out and said anything. I don't, here's the thing is like, again, there's so many, to me, it's weird. Cause like when, it's very similar to like when the world's situation last year was happening, when like worlds was like kind of falling apart and things were going bad of where there was like 
a couple different people involved. And so like people would just be like, Oh, it's not us. It's this. Yeah. Like this seems like there's, I, I don't know the hierarchy of this big money skins match. Like, yeah. I don't know. Was G- GK pro was the G- highest or are they the lowest on the Yeah. Were player? they just the mm. camera operators and Hey, we'll put this on our YouTube channel. Uh, were they, like you said, like were they the masterminds we have behind everything? Was the owner of Eagles Crossing the masterminds? Was this new Mason was Productions? Gateway? Was Gateway like? There's no, so many different I, parties. Yeah, I think they just the production people. They came to GK Pro and they're like, "Hey, we can make what this production live. people though the Mason Production? Company, yeah, they were like, "Hey, we can make this live." And GK Pro was like, "Oh, okay, nice. We'll do that." Because there are people on GK Pro that do film for the Disc Golf Network. Yes. Right. So like they have, have, they, they, they have had experience filming live stuff, but like, there's just so many question marks that so many. I feel like either GK has Pro definitely has some accountability because they told their audience multiple times, like they were the ones hyping up this production company, telling people yeah. to subscribe the pros that played the event, I think have some accountability because they told their audience to buy this power, the pay-per-view and like mm-hmm. saying, come, you know, do this to watch me. They didn't, I mean, obviously they're being asked to do that. It was pretty obvious, but you have to hold people accountable with what they're advertising for uh, to a certain extent as well. And then obviously Eagles crossing Mason productions and whether or not gateways tied into it all or not, I don't know a lot of the, some of the links to the websites, once you took you to gateway websites, the only reason I'm bringing them into it those who they, they all have some, like everyone has some form of accountability. Like people can't point fingers, but so many times here's the thing. I think this, we're making this probably out to be a bigger thing than it actually was. I don't think that many people, well, hear me out, hear me out. I don't think that many people saw Ricky promote it or Kevin Jones promote it or Eagle promote it and go, I'm going to buy it because there are some, but I'm not saying an absorbent amount. I mean, probably not an absorbent amount, but I would bet, I, I I'm bet not there's a shocked. lot of people that didn't hear about the event unless sure. Those but what I'm saying is, I'm not it. shocked. Yeah. I'm not shocked that no pro has come out and said, "Hey, I just Correct. want to apologize." It's different if a pro says, "Hey, guys, I'm doing this sick disc release, and all the discs that come out are mis are like foils are dropped or like." Uh, they're warped or whatever, then the pro probably, even though the manufacturer was the one that made it, the pro's name is attached to it. The pro also probably should come out and say Correct. something. I'm just saying, I don't think it was to that point of where I don't think you need to see an apology. Like I just Fire think it's Fest, something like you need to pay attention we, to what you're promoting. No, I know. And I, I, we compared it to Firefest. Yes. I think that was like, so many people just blindly took money to promote an event without doing any sort of research that, then they had people literally fly into the event. Like they were paying $15 and having the event Correct. not be great. And then you get your money back. Not that cares? big of a deal. Correct. Flying, like planning out a whole trip and flying to something and do, like that is way bigger. Also, so that's what I was seemed, saying. It's not as big. It also seemed like on the ground from a fan perspective, it was probably an entertaining event. I haven't heard from any spectators. I'm saying like, I've heard from pros. Disc golf did happen. Someone did win $50,000 that they should be paid out here soon if they yeah. haven't already got paid out. Mm-hmm. And money was put on the table that people did win. So like if you were on the ground at Eagles Crossing, you're probably seeing all this pushback online being like, what the heck? Yeah. It was awesome. Probably. I would imagine. Yeah. But. No, that makes sense. Well, uh. Um, I want to finish up with one more thing. Okay. But it'll be fascinating to see if any pros, I mean, I'd be shocked if any pros say anything. I don't how, think how they will. Ran. Because I don't think so. 
They're not going to bring it. Not they don't the want to the They don't want to bring attention to yeah. it either. Um, all right. So I do have a couple comments from someone that was actually playing in the event. Oh, okay. So I just want to say these are also some kind of concerns, I guess. And this is something again, like if this event wants to happen next year, like I said, it wasn't really like hush money. That's not like the right ter- terminology, but yeah. like when you are getting paid an absorbent amount of money to do something, uh, you're less likely to complain about stuff. So yeah. Yeah. these are things that if this, if these things happen on the pro tour, there would be an absolute uprising. There would, I mean the pro tour, we get upset when there's not water on the course during our practice rounds. Right. Yeah. Which is kind of like whatever. So apparently there was someone that, thought that their tea time was like at nine or nine 30 and apparently got a phone call at seven 30 in the morning, letting them know that their tea time was at eight mm, mm. and they were roughly 30 minutes away. Cause again, if you've ever been out to Eagles crossing, it's in the middle if of you're nowhere. Staying at a hotel, you're not uh, close to the course. They're not close. Uh, so apparently tea times were something that was just not communicated. Well, people really had no idea when they were playing. It was just not really communicated. Well, um, there were also with the communication issue, they were told that there was like multiple websites. This kind of goes back to what we were saying. They had like three different websites and like also a Facebook page that they were supposed to be checking for information. So there wasn't like Disc Golf Pro Tour does a really good job of literally sending out an email saying, hey, tee times are up on the PGA website or on UDisc. And you can go on either one, boom, there's your tee time, you're good. This seemed like there wasn't really a clear definition uh, or a like definite, where you check for- this is where you check to see where you play next. Um, also, the format, the formats were different. We talked about this a little bit. Some one one round they would play skins another round they would play like basically what a stable fort is in in golf where you get points for eagles you get points for birdies you get points for pars and so it, it, it um it really uh makes you want to play aggressive right because yeah. like if you have a chance for Eagle, you can get mass amounts of points. Those two formats you play completely differently, obviously, because if all three of your card mates throw a B on a hole, you just have to play safe, make par, and you win the skins. Versus all three of your card mates throw a B on a hole, you You're don't care what they points. did. You're trying to get points for yourself. Um, so apparently one team was told incorrect information and played a completely different format. And the reason why that matters is because they were taking, uh, when they were doing skins, I think they were taking into account how many skins you won and matching that up against everyone else in the field. And then when you're playing the stable for uh, format, they were taking how many points you played. So, it mattered because people were playing obviously different than they would in a different format, but yet they were still having to compare to the rest of the field. So that was kind of wild that that happened again, when there's a hundred thousand or $50,000 on the line, you, you can't have people playing the wrong format. Yeah. And then the last thing, um, again, all this information, like I just even know this. I didn't know there was a seating process. I didn't know. I heard that, there's a seating match, but I didn't know what the heck it meant. Yeah, there was no real information. Apparently, they're depending on how you did in the season. So if you won events or how you did in majors or whatever it is, there was some sort of way of like getting seated in like this qualifying portion. And then there was everyone else that was like not qualified. Because you saw too, like there were a lot of like dark horse people in the event. Yeah. Right. You could have technically even signed up. I should have. Right? You should have. 
So those people would have all been in the non-qualified. The qualified was like 31 players or 30 players. So even though Gavin Babcock shot the best out of the entire field, he was in non-qualified. So the highest he could get seated was like 32. And so being seated 32, he was with like three other killers when he had to go and play skins where he would have been much better off just not playing well and being like 60th seed. And then he would have been in a group with like one good player and two like not great players. Yeah. So that was kind of like the weirdness of where I feel like if you're going to have a seating thing, you got to make it to where like the person that plays the best, like probably should get the best seed seed. moving forward. Um, But other than that, it was great. It was great. <laughs> all right, enough that of the big like land they skins. Just need like a hub, like one website that just does it all. We'll see. We'll see what you guys think in the comments, people. If you were on the grounds, let us know. If you played in the event, let us know. And if you watched, let us know. It'd be interesting to see if we messed up anything. I don't think we did, but maybe some of the information was incorrect. Um, Fascinating. So fact check us and do all that fun stuff. But we'll see. And again. It's kind of nuts because this is something that we've always said, like we need more money in disc golf. We need bigger payouts and stuff like that. Is it, do, do we want that if it comes at this cost? No, we, you need more money in the right places. Okay. Is how I would put it. Because yeah. realistically, grand scheme, growth of disc golf, $100,000 to this big money skins match that it seems like the course doesn't really want much to do with the Pro Tour, the PDGA. Unless Honestly, it's like on their terms. Not that big of a purse. No, they just, no. They well, $50,000 to a winner. No, no, but, but we had purses that were that big. It but was like just the money was spread. Yes. That's what I'm saying. The money was spread. Wide. Yeah. So all that but was really happening is just more money was going to the top. That money as like one added cash sponsor at the tour championship or an event or heck that money donated to give baskets to schools does way more for the sport of disc golf. <laughs> So like more money in the sport is like the true overarching statement, but it it's context of that statement is it needs to be going to the right places. I mean, Calvin's going to have a great vacation. Oh, the winner should be out by the time it's it. Yes. Yeah. The, the winner's out. Yeah. yeah. I was trying, I was trying my best. It got spoiled for me because a, a player in the sure. audience was uh, filming Lou Humphrey's dog. No, this is out Tuesday night. On their the story. Footage, the footage is coming out yeah, on Monday. I thought it was funny. Yeah. When you have a live event, it's hard not to spoil it. And when they decide not to make the final day live, then you had a player filming Lou Humphrey's dog and in the background. You have Calvin holding this massive trophy <laughs> being interviewed by GK Pro. And it's like, oh, okay, I guess Calvin won 50 grand. Yeah. I think people are smart enough to know that like, if, if the coverage has already come out, we're talking about yes, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Whether it's live, I was, I was or in post. grip lock mindset because yeah, grip yeah. lock. I don't know when the coverage is coming out. So I didn't want to. I didn't want to spoil. He won fifty grand. If it was like a normal, whatever. If live coverage is out, we talk about it. A fully post event. We. I tried not to. When does right. the next thing come out for GK? The should, final should be should Monday. have been yesterday. Yeah, oh, been as of this coming out. Yeah. Okay. Man, I want pizza. Maybe we could spoil it. Who knows? Okay, we got a couple. Oh, we, also, quick shout out to Flippy Disc Off sending me this sick hoodie. Uh, I think they sent it to. Well, they didn't send it to you. So get yeah, wrecked. you didn't even get me one. <laughs> get wrecked. But so I got my get spooky. Yeah, you get spooky shirt. But flip it. These are get these. spooky are available. These shirts are available. Not a sponsor today's episode. I'm just rocking it. These these shirts are available right now. I think the drops actually happening today. Yeah, the drops already happened, or maybe happening in a little bit. Who really knows? You should. What? Your shirt. 
You should know. Well, it's it's tough to know when you're going to post the that's true. Post this that's six thirty uh, p.m. Oh, gotcha. Okay, so the get spooky drop will be happening. If you're listening to us when it comes out, it will be happening in like thirty minutes. Sure. Well, flip, flippy hoodies are already flippy hoodies are on, right? oh, they're live on the site. Oh. Yep. That could be a future disc too. Get flippy. Get flippy. All right. Get flippy. Um, it's a heat. So we got a couple. I mean, nothing really else obviously happened. I mean, there are going to be some probably discussions with player contracts. That's like yeah. the big things that we discuss about um, in the off season. Those those might be popping up here and there. Uh, outside of that, not really anything else to talk about. Obviously, Lake Marshall coming up first silver 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 event for the twenty twenty three season. I also didn't know this when I was looking at the whole schedule and everything. I didn't realize that silver events got, worth up, more. got upgraded from 25% 50%. to 50. That means I'll care about them 25% more. Well, here's the thing. You can like zero time. Here's the thing. You can get like 125 points now from silver. Yeah, it's a big win. That's a lot of points. So like in the grand scheme of things, they are, they are going to matter for how, making the tour champion. Many, for making the tour championship. How many can you count this year? They can you count same, the same amount? Same. Yeah. Which is, I believe three out three. of three out of seven. There's only seven still this year. They have the same amount, even with the two eight, wraparound events. Three out of eight. Okay. Don't quote me on that. I, I, didn't, do, I didn't. I didn't come into the here thinking I was going to be talking about silver. No, that's fair. I was just. I was just curious because they added the two wraparound. I didn't know if they like removed some to add or if they just like straight up added and it went from like seven to nine or something. That's, but I will that's say next year, man. I will say I am interested in watching some of the coverage from Lake, Lake Marshall. Marshall because I have heard a lot every, of good things. Every from time it. someone from that area sees me, they hound me about getting out there. But I also did the same thing at Dash's track with you guys, so I don't know. Where is Lake Marshall? Because like Dash's track and a half is hours away. Oh, not, not a good bad. pro tour. No, course. it's just like it's a little too far for a day trip. But where, like, where are we talking? Middle of nowhere. Well, like, honestly, where, like what state? Virginia. Honestly, oh. Dash's track would be an absolute baller pro tour event. What? No. If they just had one pro tour event there, why? Isn't that I just mean, like a pigeon putt? Everyone would shoot eighteen under. Not everyone. No, you're not burning <laughs> every single hole out there. Some of those holes are some of those holes are a little tricky, but you feel like you should get every single one. So like every hole feels like hole seventeen at USCGC. <laughs> like I'm just saying, it could be an absolute. It could be an absolute bloodbath. Like after the first day, you're gonna have like five people at 17 under, 35 people at 16 under, 40 people at 15 under. I mean, it's so we just need to have the battle for Bedford at Peaksview. Peaksview is way harder than Dash's track. Really? Way harder. Yeah. The average hole length's like twice as long, probably. Way harder. What? Dash's track is like you should get up and down, but yeah. if you mess up a little bit, you're not birding it. That's because you're, cool. gonna, you're gonna hit a tree. I don't know. That'd be that's just cool, track bro. is literally scr- you're scrambling from the from inside of 200 feet. That's that's kind of cool. So you should get up and down, but yeah. like you but have you to still hit a gap. Really sacrifice. Correct. Yeah. We did a Heiser Club event out there. That track is phenomenal. It's like one of the greatest courses ever created. Were you you weren't there for it? Well, you know we're play- we played it without you. No, I know, but you know we're playing electric. when you guys come down this this uh bi- bi- what big is bear it? big bear. We're, you guys haven't played big bear yet. No, big bear layout is <laughs> so much fun. All right, let, I got a couple topics here that from our listeners that wanted us to talk about. These were the best ones. Okay. And I think some of them are pretty interesting. So we'll see what they go. And if they don't, you know what? It might be an early debate night for you guys. And that's okay. That's fine. All right. Is the future of disc golf on bigger courses or okay. slower discs? Bigger courses. Okay. 
You don't want to slow disc down because you want people, like, part of disc golf that's electric is people throwing the disc far. If you made everyone throw mids, that just doesn't, it makes disc golf less fun to watch. This is what I'll also say. When you really think about it, the courses that we currently are playing on are not on a lot of land. So if you take a disc golf course, heck, look at like an OTB. You take a disc golf course and you like put it on a golf course, it's like on a third of the golf course. Yeah. The entire disc golf course. So the amount of land that you need for a really good disc golf course is not a crazy I amount. Like you hit golf balls way further you though, do. than you throw. Besides, you hit a golf ball like 900 feet. You can basically go really? yards to you can basically go yes. yards to feet. And you did like, you did you ever watch? Did you watch Worlds this year? Yes. Emporia. Okay, so you yeah, know yeah. Country, Emporia Country Club, the par five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a drivable par three or drivable par four in golf for golf. Yes. Okay. It's par five in disc golf. It's a par five. It's like mm-hmm. a, one of the longer. Think of putting. One of the longer par fives. In you got to think golf. of putting difference. Yeah, that's true. Because like true. in golf, they're thinking you're getting on the green and two shots. Golf's two all putts. about the around the around the green. Around the green is so much like you have so many more strokes. I mean, just think about you when you played a golf hole. I know. I well, what, you actually played three, pretty good. Four strokes. Think about think about Hunter. Think I got about, to the green. Think about Hunter. Think about Hunter. Hunter could get to the green in one or two strokes, but yeah. then it would take him five or six to get into the hole. Not anymore, man. My short game's on fire. How, when, like, never learned the last how to time chip. you played? Never like learned a, how to chip. A month and a half ago. I can chip now. You can ask Trevor. Never learned how to chip. That's all I can do. All right. We got to hit the ball to save my life. Anymore. We got another question chip, here. Maybe. You lost your slice, power slice. Uh, no, I have it. Playoffs. Worse than ever. <laughs> Playoffs should be finishing the top X spots or your season is over, i.e., top 80 finishers at GMC this year make it to MVP, top 32, 40, 48, whatever you want, make it to Charlotte. I know the argument is that a great season can be lost in one weekend, but I think that's just sports. So basically you've got Ricky dominating the season as far as tour points goes, goes to MVP, plays decent MVP, goes to Maple Hill, finishes 33rd, isn't in the tour championship. Yeah, and that's stupid. I guess the other question too that I would have is like... No, the real question is what's the point of the playoffs? Well, in general, in golf, what's the point of the playoffs? Yeah, I just don't think with how disc golf is set up, if you're trying to make something, because I agree with what he's saying, like if we're calling it the playoffs, if what you wanna, he just said makes sense. Yeah, if you want to create absolute chaos, that's what you do. If you want to create probably the best product for viewers. You got to make it where the people that were the biggest, the biggest stars in the in the season st- have the best chance of sticking around. Yeah, you don't want, you know, you don't want one of your top five, top ten players to now here's, to, to miss. Here's an idea. Okay, you figure out a way that you get to the playoffs. Okay, you start the playoffs event. It's still a three event playoffs, right? Okay. So tour championships, it final one. You still have the cuts. We'll figure out how the cuts are going to work. I'm workshopping this idea out, so I don't have it fully yet. But you do the stroke head start. But basically, the playoffs event are counted as individual events, but then the tour championship counts it all as one ongoing event. So that you play three different styles of courses. Whoa. So when you get to the tour championship. You're like 60 under par. Yeah, you basically, uh, you can figure out how you want to well, weigh you it would or just, whatever. Well, then you would just but like, do. That's how you get your stroke head start is how you performed at like. 
interesting and then you go to a wooded course then you get to the tour championship so it's a better tell of the whole season so if ricky playoffs actually matter yeah if ricky was like let's say 40 under going into the tour championship and i was 30 under i would just get leveled back and ricky would start 10 under and I would be yeah even. essentially you, you'd figure out how to restructure you just do that but you make it be like one continuous event to a certain extent so then you ha- don't have the problem of like the tour championship what if you what if a big player misses one though that's the only thing you wouldn't be able to miss. you can't miss you can't miss you're out you have that to play would, that would the, suck I guess I mean that I mean Haley King kind of what if LeBron Haley James King, misses know, a playoff but, event well Haley King kind of like she kind of did that this year them deuces. Um, I know, but she she didn't deuces. She showed up. Yeah, I'm saying that you wouldn't be able to in this format. Okay, so you okay. have to show up to both playoff events. It would be one continual event. Yeah. So like in this format, it's not playoff events. It's the playoffs. Honestly, I don't hate it, but I also don't love it. So I don't really know. If, I don't really know. I'm my just saying, like, if it. we're having playoffs, like right now, the way the playoffs are, it means nothing to the top guys. Ricky was qualified for the for the bye well before he showed up to the playoff events. Um, it means it means something for the cut of like trying yeah. to get in. Here's the thing: I think I think it has potential of meaning stuff more down the road. But as, why do we need playoff events? Is what I'm guess. It was one more what I'm asking. Like you need the tour championship. Why do you need playoff events leading up to the tour championship? Well, I mean, it's like why do you need a world championship? Why do you need majors? I think you just. I think it's a way of the disc golf pro tour having something that is more meaningful. But that's what I'm like, saying. Like Maple Hill was more meaningful this year because it was a playoff event versus it being uh, just the MVP open in years past. It was like if it meant more, but what if it meant more because it like all tied together? So the playoff events like, no, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that wouldn't be kind of like it. Yeah. I'm not saying what you're saying is incorrect. I'm just saying the reason I think playoffs, the playoff system uh, exists. I just think it needs a restructure because it doesn't mean that much to the top guys. But I don't think, I I think it doesn't mean that much to the top guys right now. Correct. Because because if if the tour championship was a stroke head start, then it could be crucial because one or two meant, spots. It meant more about the top. It meant more to the top guys this year than it did last year. Last year playoffs didn't exist. If playoffs existed last year, why? I'm saying because more more points are getting spread around. So like if you look at look at FPO for example, FPO is probably what like MPO would have been. X amount of years ago sure. where like the top people have so many points that it doesn't really matter where like I'm, for example, like it's eventually going to move up. Right. So like where I was this year, I was like on the cut line of making it in or not making it to the qualified thing. Eventually the, the next group is going to feel that impact. Right. You would, you would assume well, as the field got better and better. If you're someone in fifth place going into the playoff events, you're not worried about dropping to 37th place. No, but you points. could be worried about dropping to ninth. You yeah, could. Maybe. And yeah, then yeah. you and then you lose you lose guaranteed money by doing that. Sure. But I'm just saying it doesn't it doesn't have that like cutthroat feel. Correct. It definitely doesn't and And playoffs and, and You're right. Playoffs give you the title playoffs gives you a cutthroat feel when it's not there. I'm just saying if you want the chaos, that would be the chaos. It's like, hey, well, I, I don't if think you're you not top thirty chaos, if you're I not think, top thirty two out of Maple Hill, you're I don't think you went full chaos, That's, but I, I would I would do think it'd be kind of cool to like make the playoffs like a continual like your performance at GMC is going to affect I your see head that. start at tour championship. Yeah, so I when you that. get to the playoffs, maybe re- you start with a head start at GMC. Like there's and then no, it's across all three events. There's no there's nothing that's jumping out of me right now that's like that's a bad idea. 
I feel like the, I feel like we're missing something though, and maybe someone in the comments will let us know. But it, like feel, it feels like we're missing something. Like there's some sort of loophole, or there's something that wouldn't make that work. But the way you're saying it, because like, like what it tells me, like, I'm to like me, yeah, that sounds good. The other reason I like it is because then it lets you have an open course and a wooded course, and the tour championships at a mixed course. So you like you have, you have to be a good disc golfer on yeah. all three types. Yeah. Something to think about. I like it. Um, oh, here's here's a not. What do you, do you think it's easier? What do you think? Not you personally. Okay. Just like a random disc golfer. I'm a random disc golfer, okay. right? Do you think it's easier for them to get better in the woods or better in the open? Better in the open, for sure. Open, okay. yeah. Absolutely. So you think it's easier to get distance than it is to throw straight? Yeah. Well, you don't have to just throw straight. You have to hit gaps and you have to, the, well, like that's, I mean, the, you're you hitting get, gaps straight though. Like throwing straight. Right, let's call it, let's, what I mean, like throwing straight, I mean like throwing accurate. Let's put it this way. That's, you have a 300 foot open hole. You have a 300 foot wooded hole. I swing my, my drive 10 feet too far wide and the 300 foot is, open hole. This is a different argument. Let me just explain it. Three, I swing my, f- I hear what you're saying. It's a different argument. How's a different argument? My argument is, is it easier to get better at hitting a 10 foot gap 50 feet away or is it easier to learn how to get another 75 feet That wasn't what you asked me. That you is asked, what I'm asking. You said... That's uh, what I'm asking now. Yeah, I think Open it's two different... Those are two different what, arguments. That's what I'm asking arguments. now, though. That's what I'm asking 75 now. 75 feet of distance or hit a gap 50 feet away? What, what is this... How what, far is the gap... What skill is easier to get better? How far am I throwing to hit the gap 50 feet away? Is it a 200-foot hole, a 500-foot uh, hole? No, you're, like, you're, you're, throwing like a, you're throwing like a mid. You're throwing but a that's mid. That's obviously way easier, but that's not the same as adding 75 feet of distance. What? Yeah, you're asking things. someone to throw 75 oh, feet I'm at, No, I'm just asking what skill is easier to get better at. Being able to throw further or being able to throw more accurately? That's a fair question. That's a fair question. It's not, though. How's that not a fair question? Well, because throw farther 100% It'd be the same, it'd be the same, same question point. as me asking, like, is it easier to get better at putting or is it easier to get better at throwing a forehand? Like, the, those are two skills that you need to try to get no, good at. Comparing open to wooded, no, 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 that's not, a fair question. We're not doing that anymore, though. I'm but just, now you're asking two. Like, I'm asking two, two skill sets. I'm skills. just asking Accuracy two skill sets. It doesn't. I'm not it's saying depend, it's it's completely I'm, person dependent. But I'm, I'm saying I'm not saying gaining distance is going to make you better in the open, and therefore I'm not, easier, I'm not trying to go open. Is it easier wood. to grill a perfect steak or write your ABCs? That is not. They're two is, completely different skill is, sets. That is. That is not the same thing. It's easier to write a novel or be able to dunk a basketball. Do you think, okay, do you think some people, do you think, so, okay, here's another. Like you're, you're comparing two question. completely different skill sets. Here's a, here, open or wooded, that's a fair question, and it's 100% harder to be a better wooded player than better open player. Well, here, here's the other question, though. The other question is, so are, are you saying that everyone's different to where you think some people there, it's going to be easier for some people to hit gaps, to get better at hitting gaps than gaining distance. And do you think there's going to be some people that it's going to be easier for them to gain distance versus hitting gaps? I think there's some people that hitting a gap for everyone's hard. Okay. Correct. But some people, there's only as far as you're going to be able to throw body type wise. So it's going to be easier for you to hit 450 than it'll be for me to hit 450 because you have a bigger lever to work with. Okay. So if we're both seeing at 400 feet, it's way easier so for I you. So I have an advantage already. You're saying. It's way easier for so you are, to gain 75 feet of distance. No one than has me. an advantage with hitting gaps. Hitting gaps is like 
No advantage. I don't think so. Who no. who has an advantage in gaps? I, that's just a question. It's, it's, uh, so that's why it's an impossible thing. I don't have any sort of motive. I feel like you guys think I have a motive here. Technically, motive. the person with longer arms is actually closer to the basket. Also valid Dark point. Or Silas. <laughs> what I was saying is the original question, the original question, why wooded golf is harder is if you miss your line by five feet in the woods, you're probably hitting a tree. Mm-hmm. If you miss your line by five feet in the open, you might have a 15 foot putt instead of a 10 foot putt. Correct. Yes. That's yeah. why wooded golf's harder. I don't no. think. Uh, no so that's one, why I think it's easier for no someone to become a better open that. golfer. The yeah. only other question, the only other thing I want to propose out there is do you, do you find it harder to see the line that you need to throw and open versus having the line already there for you in woods. It depends in the open. If I'm throwing a hyzer, it's a hundred percent of field based shot. I don't need to see a line, but if there's like, for some reason I have to throw like an anti flex and I have to find a point, then yeah, it's easier to find that line in the woods, okay. but nine times out of 10, I can just throw the hyzer this, in the open. I want to do this test. Okay. Remember this, because I don't think we're going to have time to film it, but I want to do this test. 300 feet away, okay, have you throw 10 shots, 10 of the same disc, whatever you want to do, to make it to make it legit, 10 of the same disc, um, 300 feet away, okay? And you can throw whatever shot you want to throw at Okay. It. Then we put like two poles in your way that are like 20 feet apart, and you're 300 feet away, and you got to throw it through the two poles at the basket. I would love that. Like that'd be a good. I think that'd be a good like test to see which one you're more accurate with, huh? Because like one is like it's well, it's kind of like the more same the question of like if I miss the pole, because like just hitting a gap, a random gap in the middle of a wide open field, I could hit that gap way on the right side and still park the basket. But if I hit the gap way on the right side in the woods, I'm probably hitting a tree farther down the fairway. And I'm not able to park the basket, but this is more, this is more the idea. I, I see what you're saying. This is more the idea of like, uh, you, you, you're given a specific target, which is the basket out in the front, but now you're, you have almost like, a, you have almost like, a. am blanking on the words, but you have almost, it's the same thing when you're like practice putting, right? Um, I guess I'll use an analogy cause it's easier for me to explain. If I'm practice putting, it's way harder for me to have a 10 foot putt and make that 10 foot putt than it is. If I put two T's down three feet in front of me and golf and, and golf. Yeah. And I putt and I know if it goes through those two T's with the right speed, it goes in. So, so, and, fo- and, it's like so it's, in your drill though, in disc golf, yeah. are you putting them where, you know, if you hit that gap with this disc, it's going to be parked. Is that where the gap is? Or are you putting Uh, the gap where you're asking me to hit it and choose the shot that's going to be next to the basket? Yeah, yeah. In this situation, it's a little bit different, I guess, because... Because in golf, you're putting those tees where you know if you hit it with the right pace, it's in the the hole. Correct. And and granted, you can move that around to be like down here, you don't have to hit it as hard, it'll still go in. Up here, you have to hit it harder, it'll still go in. So it's like, obviously, that this would be a scenario of where I'm just... I'm curious as if you give yourself a identified gap or identified line. And you're like, all right, all I'm focusing now is like throwing my buzz through this gap. And if I throw it through this gap, it's going to get close to the basket versus you're out in the wide open. And now you're having to try to be like, all right, I'm going to throw this Raptor. So I need to throw it. If I can throw a hyzer. Yeah. And you just put a basket 300 feet in front of me and I can throw a hyzer and there's no danger anywhere my hyzer just by feel is going to be closer than if I have to hit a gap first. 
gotcha. on average across 10. Yeah. Just because like when I line up a hyzer, that's the shot I naturally throw the most. I'm not thinking about where I'm releasing the disc. I just look at the basket and then my body just knows how to throw the hyzer. Because the, que- the question versus a gap, I'm looking at the gap and I'm trying to hit the gap and then let the disc do the work. I guess yeah. the question I have is we do play courses. Obviously, we play courses that you need length, right? Sure. But we definitely play open courses that you don't necessarily lean length. Like Jonesboro is, is a course, for example, that is not very long. You don't need to really throw that far on that course. Fox Run, you don't really need to throw that far on that course. So the question is like, if you're really good at woods, what that tells me is you're very accurate. If yeah. you're trying to hit this line, you are probably hitting that line more than someone that's not good in the woods that's spraying it all over the place. So why does that then not always translate for some people? Now, obviously, like the guys at the top, they're good at both. But like there are some people that are known to be good in the woods. Why doesn't that translate to the open courses that are... Um, not long. Because well, obviously people, if it's long, I think, sure. I but. think you're going a little too generic. Because I think some people are bad in the woods because they suck at disc selection in the woods. That's Yeah, that's what I was saying. It's not necessarily accuracy okay. versus inaccurate. It's There's like that disc selection the right the disc. Okay. Yeah, to where like they see the gap, they might be able to hit the gap, but then the disc is going to fade out too soon or it's too fast of a disc or whatever. Or they're trying to throw mm. too hard in the woods, whereas other people are disking up and slowing down versus this? someone who's a power thrower is disking down and speeding up and then they're less accurate. But then you put them in the open. We need to have a gap hitting. We need to have a gap yeah. hitting uh, competition I think for the, the all-star. For the all-star. I think we, we need to have a gap hitting competition for the all-star. just gives you more options and it, you know, it gives people yeah, that indecisiveness. Some people that are, some people that are in the woods are good in the woods because they don't have to make a decision. Yeah, it's so right they, there for they you. They look at it and it's yeah. like there's only well, that goes, one option. That goes back to my that goes back to my point of like if you have a basket that's 300 feet away and you can throw whatever you want, you would think like if you're good in the woods, you just throw that straight shot like tunnel shot. But when the tunnel's not there, it's hard. Yeah. But what exactly? That's that's my point. Is like when you don't have that specific line. But throwing a hyzer in general is the easiest shot in disc golf. Is it for everyone though? Probably not, but no. like, I want to see if people practice a hyzer. It's easy because it's just consistent. I want to yeah. see a gap hitting contest now in the All Star event. I want to see that now. That would be they a, technically had one, didn't they? Yeah, that was that was an awful way of doing it. I want to see it. like, I want to <laughs> see one where it's like glass breaking, of where they like have. Um, it like gets narrower as it goes down. You I think do perfect. Yeah, I think do perfect just did this with uh, Colin Marcar. Uh, gosh, I butchered his last name. Colin Morikawa, there it is, uh, where they basically started with like two sheets of glass like this and they hit a golf ball through and then the glass got a little closer and they hit a golf ball through and it kept getting closer and closer until eventually someone missed hit it. Like that would be incredible. Like you be going through a lot of glass. You're trying. Well, you know, size the pro tour can handle that, man. (laughs) They got sponsors now. All right. That's last sponsor. Let's keep going. All right. We got one here. How much preparation time and focus gets lost by doing all the YouTube and social media stuff? I love it all, but I'm generally curious if you think you would be further along in uh, further along if you were only focused on tournament results. Either way, I enjoy all the content. So... This is specifically about you or pros this, in general? I think this is probably more about me. It could be more... It could That could go towards like a Yuli or Big Germ who does um, commentary afterwards too. Here's the thing. The one thing that takes away my time right now that I'm definitely looking to is, is to hire an editor. So that way when I am done filming the videos, 
I'm done with it. Uh, the editing process, obviously I'm not really getting that much better at disc golf by editing for a couple hours, the videos, but when it comes to the actual videos, whether it be the doubles battle or the practice round, the practice round, for example, that is literally what you guys are seeing is literally a practice round that me and Ezra does like that. If the camera wasn't there, there would be maybe a little bit less talking backwards to no one. Um, but outside of that, like you're seeing exactly what a practice round looks like. Um, and me and Trevor are going to be doing one here very soon. So you guys, that'll be on the foundation channel. Uh, check that out. Halloween classic. Let's go sunset park, baby. Um, we'll see if we, uh, can stay out of trouble with some of the, uh, riffraff that is around that area. But, um, yeah, uh, I thought of a couple of things that have happened on that course. Electric. Um, yeah, it's, it's incredible. I'm sure Trevor's going to have incredible stories. But uh, yeah, that doesn't really take that much. And then honestly, the doubles battle, that is just kind of like a good kind of almost like, tur- like tournament-esque kind of pressure before. Yeah. It's not that bad at all. And um, if you really want to think about it, there was a couple tournaments like DDO being one of them. Obviously, the weather was crazy there. But like DDO, I only got one practice round and we filmed it and I was at, and I was at Jones and then I had like my best finish all year. So I don't think there is any correlation to me filming and stuff to results. All I would say is it'd be nice to have like an editor. So that way, like I can get to go to bed a little earlier. Nice. Uh, making courses harder for pros. Do you think things like the layered cake green at Eagles crossing or objects guarding a basket or tea at USCDC are the right direction or too gimmicky? What are your thoughts on the layer cake? Try to remember it. Um, what do you mean? Try to remember. I think it, it was. I'm trying it's to remember the same thing as like it. Texas State hole one. Texas State hole one with the big. It, it's the same. I, the pyramid is the I same thing. On the Texas State hole, I don't think I liked it. On the Eagles Crossing hole, I don't think I minded it. It's literally the same thing. No, because the hole was different. The hole leading up to it. Oh, you're saying the entire hole matters, not yeah, just the green. I think so. Really? Yeah. Why? Because it's a par five. What? Why does I that matter? Why, I, I remember when I played Eagles Crossing. Maybe it's a par five. Putt. Maybe you throw, I hit the putt on Eagles you Crossing. Throw, <laughs> you throw the first shot they're over the water. Bit, they're both a little bit too much. Because the too Texas States was a par three, and it made it where like no one's really running the putt for two because it's the first hole. Oh, people ran it. Some people did, and it made mistakes. Yeah. But like, if I'm you're shocked. smart, if you're smart, you're not running it because it's the first hole of the round or the tournament. So just take a three on it and move on. Because yeah. if you run it, it takes it too far. But it looks cool on camera. It looked cool. Um, whereas like USDGC with the pine trees is more effective, but doesn't look as cool. Mm, if yeah. that makes sense. So I think USDGC gets flamed for being more gimmicky because the look versus like the Texas States Eagles crossing is probably actually more gimmicky, but looks better. This is what I'll say. I think whenever courses try to make the tee shot harder by adding OB, because that's really the only way of making tee shots harder, right? Yeah. Uh, people get really upset about this unnatural OB. What I'll say to that, though, is I think stroke and distance 
can definitely make court like can instantly make courses harder. That's why a lot of courses at USDGC are as hard as they are is because you know, if you throw OB at this on this hole or whatever, you're basically rethrowing, And so yeah. you're losing lots of strokes that way. Um, I also think the way that USDGC uses hazard is incredible and very few courses on tour. You uh, let us use hazard yeah. mainly because I think the PDGA is like weird about probably the, 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 yeah, the big issue with it. But I love hazard because that way someone that throws a really bad shot and is like way over here has to play from there with an added stroke versus someone that throws like not that bad of a shot. Um, why does the PDGA not like that? I'm not sure why it's, that it's is. It's because they're sanctioning entire C tiers and stuff. So oh, it's again, okay. if you, it's one of those rules where if you let it run wild... There's be way more problems. Same Gosh. thing with the island holes. The but pro think, tour is going to do it in a tasteful way. Your local seats here, you're probably glad they don't have access to. Yeah, hazard. I just think I hazard. I think hazard can definitely make it. But outside of that, I think we are going to see hopefully in the future more greens that are like protected in the sense that you have to land in a certain spot to be able to have a putt. Yeah, I think that makes sense. And that's really the only way of doing it, unless we make smaller baskets that we've been asking for for. I don't even know. Eternity. Uh, last one here. The players seem so accessible. Did I say that? Accessible. Accessible? You uh, hit what? The, hit the C a little harder. Did I say the C as accessible? Yeah. Accessible? Accessible. 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 Yeah. There you go. Accessible. Yeah. Gosh, that's a hard word for me to say. Um, Pro pros and rec players practicing and playing on same courses. I live in Charlotte and pros are all over local courses as the sport continues to grow in popularity. I wonder how some pros will handle all the attention. So this is obviously a very interesting topic because it's unlike most other sports um, where you're not really ever going to be playing basketball or football. Now, obviously at some of these uh, open gym practices that we see for like basketball, those are like invite only kind of practices though at like these, uh, you know, I mean, where do they have them at? Like uh, why My lifetime MTA, fitness lifetime and fitness. stuff like those type I mean, places. But there, there's been moments where like Rucker park and New York, like Kobe's pulled they're up like, there. Yeah. There's like, they're, they're special moments, but it's you're not, not, you're not, you're not go showing shoot. up and like someone's like working on their free throws. Yeah. I'm not going to randomly pull up to the Y YMCA here and JJ Reddick. It's just like, like just shooting working jumpers. Yeah. yeah. Those are all he's not in the NBA anymore. Yeah. He's my favorite player. The, those are all very random activities or random spottings. And they're very, very cool. And that's probably why they mean so much is because it's not something that happens all the time versus you go to a course and you're like, yep, they're here again. Yep. They're here. This is where they practice. So this is what I think is going to happen. I think, cause this happens, you know, again, I think there's going to be, almost like a, I wouldn't even say pay to play type of courses. I think there could potentially down the road be courses that are more like almost country, country club ish like membership kind of yes. Of where they're a little bit more on the private side. So you will never go there and they'd be crowded. Now again, I don't think disc golf is there yet, but this is where I could see it happening. Like I could see myself if let's say new London, for example, a course like that. Um, or you can use WR Jackson or any kind of pro tour level course, uh, that is just really, really good. Maple Hill is another one. Let's just say of where if they were like, Hey, you know what? 
We have so much interest in this course. We are going to now basically make it to where you have to have a membership to play it, but we'll leave open a couple days of the week where guests, not well, obviously guests can always come out and play with a member, but we'll leave it open to the public. So like a Maple Hill, for example, maybe they have it like where like Friday and Tuesday from noon to five o'clock are open tea times. So if you're not a member, you can come and play it then. Sure. But every, every other time, members only. And I think what that would end up doing is obviously it'll make it to where the course isn't going to be as overly po- uh, populated. You're never going to get to the course. There's going to be tons of people. But then also it just being a member, there is going to be a little bit more of this like notion of where there are some members that are out there that, uh, you know, this is their job. And so like they are, cause again, I don't think you'll have any pro come out and say like, I hate when fans come up to me and ask for autographs and photos. I think most pros are always going to be giddy and think that's awesome and will love to do it. But again, you have to think about it. The question asked as the sport continues to grow, the thought is, well, what happens if I'm out in the putting green at some course? putting practice and the course is so popular that literally people are coming to play every five minutes and, and every five minutes someone is coming and asking for a photo yeah. you like can't even get putts in that's gonna be that's gonna really make my my pack my practice disruptive right and so it's definitely not at that point but eventually it could get to that point. Cause not like if you're putting for an hour and one person stops by and it's like, yo, not a problem. Yeah. doesn't disrupt you. But no. yeah, if it's like every single card that comes through on a course and it's every five or 10 minutes to where you get like three putts, then it's like, okay. And they're, stop. and they're wanting to talk and like yeah. hang out for a little, it, 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 so it could get to that point. Cause I, like if LeBron James walked into a mall, he's not getting any shopping done. It would be tough. Yeah. I mean, he probably, if he, he would have to, security, he would have to have security that kind of pushes but people in. If he just walked in just himself and he's like, I'm just trying to get to Foot Locker, he's not walking to Foot not Locker. Have you guys ever seen like a celebrity on person? Like personally? Yeah. No. Not outside of like at a game. I've met people. Yeah. But like not You've just never like in seen the public. Like in the wild? I've seen some people in New York City, but not like big celebrities where like, like no, people like are like, people- oh, taking a selfie and walk away. Not like swarmed. It is, it is wild. Yeah. It is. I've seen a handful of them and it's like, I mean, you just have, the problem is like you get a couple people to notice them and they start running after them oh, and, and yelling and then everyone like, starts like, that? wait a second, what's going on? Yeah. And even, and even you just get to, uh, you probably have some people that have like no idea who the person is, but there is so that much happened hoopla. To me in China. Yeah. My brother, told, yeah. I think you told a story. Yeah, my brother pulled out his camera. That might have been just, a bogey bros story. My brother pulled out his camera to take a picture of me and my sister, but I was like away from my sister, so my sister walked up and was like, hey, let's take a picture together. Uh-huh. My brother pulls out his big camera and takes a picture of us, and then a few Chinese people, we were on the Great Wall of China, turned around and thought that like my sister was an American tourist and recognized me mm. and wanted a picture, so then they asked to get a picture. Yep. And the next thing you know, people started just wanting a picture. They had, obviously, I'm not famous. This was well before I even did anything on YouTube to where like it's not like someone recognized me from foundation randomly. Yeah. Like, there was nothing to recognize me from at all. You still want to miss out. But people just didn't want to miss out. It was just like a, a moment where it was just like, oh, there's someone on the Great Wall of China. I need to get a picture with them. It's a similar thing to where it's just like, oh, there's someone on the streets of New York City. I got to get a picture with them. And you, like people are taking pictures and like I, I forget who it was I saw, but like people started taking pictures and they're like, who is like I don't know, I think it was this person. Social like, experiment. They took a picture with them, they don't even know who they are. They were like, I don't know, I think it was them. Saz, I'm gonna give you some advice. 
Yeah. Okay. If you ever become like a list celebrity, this is the vo- advice. What, what, what would I? What would I like? You be? like produce a movie? Who knows? Okay. No, that was, he would not be an A list celebrity if he produced a movie. Name name if producers. I a movie? Michael no. Bay. Okay, he produced a movie, or he's produced some of the biggest movies in the last like twenty years. You said name a producer. I did. Yeah, there's like a couple. Spielberg. Spielberg. I bet you wouldn't even be able to recognize Michael Bay if he walked right past you. Not, no shot. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so Silas, if you get... I was just thinking of Silas's path to get to that. Who knows? No one knows. Like, you think, like you're on you, The Bachelor. You, uh, you're, you're The Bachelor. You're the bachelor. <laughs> All right. How the heck is... No, you're not The Bachelor. You're on The Bachelor. You almost won. You're the hot heartthrob. Everyone wants you to win. She breaks your heart. They invite you back to be The Bachelor. Now and you're now The Bachelor you're Paradise. Yeah, okay. now you're massive. Okay. All right. So I would say they're not in A-list celebrities, but anyways, you're massive. <laughs> this, this is what I'll say. You broke the mold. This is what I'll say. All right. The best thing to do, cause I saw this firsthand from, uh, Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis. Okay. We were at a Dodgers game and, um, we, we basically followed them out. You were with them. Uh, we were in the same suite. We were definitely not with them. Okay. We got invited to do this thing and we didn't realize that there was going to be massive, like Lana Del Rey was like sitting right in front of Kelsey and she was like literally trying not to puke because she was so nervous. <laughs> like you were, you would just like bump, like you would just walk back and then all of a sudden it's just like, oh, that's okay. That's, uh, that's famous basketball. Play. Like there was just so many people that was just a random situation that we didn't really know what we were doing in there. Uh, but anyways, we were watching the game and the game ends and we were just fascinated with like what was going to happen, right? Because you're literally in LA. There, it was they just had beat Houston uh, at home uh, during the World Series, and I was like, "How are these people? Like, what's going to happen? How are they going to get out of here?" Because there's just like mobs of people. They wore they wore normal clothes. Like literally, Ashton Kutcher was in a Dodgers like jersey, mm-hmm. and M- Mila was just in like normal going out attire. They both just had baseball caps on, curved them down like this. Yeah. And then just walked real close to each other and just walked with the crowd. No security, Heck yeah. nothing. And you would occasionally get someone okay. be like, as they like walked by, you occasionally get someone be like, like, like look at them and yeah. be like, what? But they just kind of kept their head down and just like walked with the crowd and didn't do anything. And they just walked right out, got into their car. But then and there's then a lot of celebrities. Off. They don't want that to happen. What? Like, there's a lot of celebrities. They don't want that to happen. They want the. Yeah. Oh they yeah, yeah, yeah. Be just like. No, no. Like I'm sure. Have the security. I'm sure. But like, like, like when uh, Phase, whatever his name was, walking GameStop, I was like, Yo, yo what's up, Phase? How's in going, the- man. <laughs> Phase in the house. That's no, but I saw. I, I thought that, that was. Thing. I thought that was so we cool. We told you about we wanted that to be a punishment. No, I came up you with that punishment. punishment. That you oh. have to walk. You have to go walk to like a lady. I'm Hunter from Foundation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who wants a photo? You got to grab someone's putter and just sign it. There you go, bro. <laughs> that one's free on the house, brother. <laughs> oh, that needs to be a punishment. That'd be so brutal. That needs to be a punishment. Because like no one, in, like if you walked up to a random weekly, no one would think you're joking. They would just be like, that guy's a douchebag. Yeah. That's why it'd be great. I mean, so good. I we might have to do something because if Trevor loses, he might have to do that. That Halloween classic. Mm. That would be brutal. That'd be incredible. Just shows we'll figure up. Something out. All right. Trevor won't agree to it, but we'll figure it yeah, out. Yeah, that's true. All right. That's the show. That's debate night. Not too bad. No debates. Hey, I'm not leaving. Night. I'm not leaving. He's not leaving. I'm not leaving. Not leaving, baby. <laughs>